0: I'd like to invite you to be a part of our Bible study inside your program. You'll find an outline of our study, and I'd encourage you to take that and your Bible and follow along with us this morning as we look into God's Word. I wonder, do you have a favorite child? Now, when you do, sometimes that causes difficulty. Remember back in the Old Testament, Joseph's father uh, had really looked upon him as being a favorite, and the other kids didn't like it at all. Uh, I've tried to be fair with my kids. Uh, Rick is my favorite son. Danan's my favorite daughter. But they're the only two that I have. But I think that that Paul had a favorite too. And I think his favorite was Timothy. It seems that uh, he wrote two letters to the young man. And he called him his special son in the gospel. And I think that... Paul just had special love for this young man, Timothy, who was also a preacher. If you got your Bible, I'd like to look with you in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 today, and here is Paul's admonition, I think, to his favorite young preacher. He said, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tale, rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present world and the world to come. Paul said, I want you to train yourself to be godly. He said, listen, don't get bogged down in old wives' tales and myths. That is, there are always things that people like to argue about for which there is no answer. And maybe you have uh, seen some of those things in your own life. Some people argue, well, where did Cain get his wife? You remember that uh, there was no telling us about a nation developing outside of the one that we know of with Adam and Eve. And sometimes people want to argue about where did Cain get his wife. And then other times people want to argue about things such as, well, what about the days in Genesis 1 and 2? Are those 24-hour days or those periods of time or exactly what are they? And you'll find people arguing who are believers on both sides of that question. And then maybe, what about the thousand-year reign that we read about in Revelation? What does that mean? And I mean, you can just go around and around arguing about these things. But Paul said, number one, what you need to do, Timothy is you need to train yourself to be godly. Well, what does it mean to be godly? Well, to be godly, it means that you have a reverence for God, that you stand in awe of Him, that you want to follow Him, and that you want to be like Him. Did you ever hear somebody say, You know, you're just a chip off the old block. And that usually meant, uh, you know, a, a young man is just like his dad. And that's what it is here that Paul is saying, we need to be people who are like God. Now, the word godliness is one of the key words in the book of 1 Timothy. In fact, Paul uses that word eight times in 1 Timothy as he tells us what we ought to do. And he said, what I want you to do, Timothy, is I want you to train yourself to be godly now some translations rather than the word train use the word discipline now the word here is an athletic word it meant that even as a person involved in athletics is going to go through training so it is that you need to go to training to be godly and if you'll note here he said i want you to train yourself now not somebody else going to train you it's something you've got to do yourself when I was growing up, I used to uh, watch uh, guys playing tennis uh, on TV. And I thought, you know, I'd like to learn how to play tennis, too. Now, the only problem was I didn't have a tennis racket, didn't know anybody that played. And so uh, I was in junior high school, and my folks bought me a tennis racket. And so I started going down to the city parks to play tennis. And I'd go down there, and I would just play Sometimes eight hours, maybe nine hours a day. Uh, it was hot in Tulsa growing up, but there were others that wanted to learn. And so I never had a coach, never had any instructions, but I just trained myself to be able to play. So when I got to high school then, I was able to play on the tennis team. And uh, it, was a, it was a good thing because I enjoyed playing. And then when the summer came, there was always tournaments to play in. And there was always a conflict between two groups, the boys that played in the city parks and the boys that played at the country club. And when you come to a tournament, the boys in the country club, they would come out in very up-to-date, nice-looking outfits with shorts and shirts that matched. And they'd have a bag, and they'd have four or five rackets in it. I'd show up. I had a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, and I had one racket. Now... I didn't win all the time, but I was competitive because I had trained myself. Now, that's what Paul says. Timothy, I want you to train yourself to be godly. Now, back in 1 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, Paul uses that word and explains something to us about Jesus. Concerning Christ, it says, Beyond all question... The mystery from which true godliness springs is great. And then he's going to tell us about Jesus. He appeared in the flesh. That's what we call the incarnation of Jesus. John chapter 1, verse 14. John says that he appeared in the flesh. That is, he became like a man and was vindicated by the Spirit. I think what he is referencing here is that when Christ was baptized that the spirit of God came down upon him. John said the one the who the spirit comes down and abides that is the one and John said and I testify that this is the son of God. And then he said he was seen by angels. Angels sang when Jesus was born they were with him while he was going through the temptations they attended him while he was teaching in galilee and they gave him strength while he was in agony they guarded the tomb when jesus was incarcerated in the tomb of joseph of arimathea and they announced his resurrection and they predicted his return to the earth jesus is special because he is God and now you and I as we are godly people then we need to try to mimic and follow Jesus we need to be what he was and then the Lord said he was preached among the nations cautions 123 said the gospel was preached in all the world and then he was believed on in the world in Revelation chapter 5 verse 9 as the angels and people are magnifying jesus christ they do so because out of every tribe and language and people and nation they have been brought to god because of the lord jesus christ and then they say that he was taken up into glory In Acts chapter 1 verses 2 and 11 and 22 we find the ascension of jesus up into glory and he is god for us and he is our example And a godly man or a godly woman wants to be like Jesus Christ. Paul says, Timothy, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, as we see that, it seems to me that there are two groups that we need to talk about. And that is spiritual training for men... And then spiritual training for women. And let me tell you, first of all, as we talk about spiritual training for men, that it seems to me that men need more help in being godly than do our women. Uh, One of the most popular daily devotions is called the Upper Room. And the people that uh, run the Upper Room devotional, they did a survey and they found that 85% of the people who use that daily devotional were women. Did you know Christian bookstores have found out that 75% of the books, the Christian books, that are bought in Christian bookstores are bought by women? Why is it that our women have more interest than do men? I don't know. But in a typical church, at attendance, if you want to, check the attendance, 59% of the attendance will be women, 41% will be men. And I want to tell you, our men need some special help. You see, men's great challenge, it seems to me, is sexual purity. Did you know that there is an adultery site on tv it has 36 million subscribers and the majority of which are men and their slogan is this life is short have an affair and the challenge is that that many men have given in and have done that very thing let me tell you that even among preachers there is that problem. Leadership Magazine did a survey of a thousand preachers, and they found that 12% said that they had been involved in an adulterous situation. If you got your Bible, let me check this passage with you again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Probably, 1 Thessalonians was the first letter that Paul ever wrote. And this letter deals with this very subject. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 3. It is God's will that you should be sanctified, and that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body. You see, that's what Paul has said to Timothy. In a way that is holy and honorable. Not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God, and that is, and that in this matter no one should use wrong or take advantage of a brother or a sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins as we told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God. You see, men, what God has called us to be are men who are sexually pure and men who are like God. But you know what he said? He said, I want you to train yourself. That is, men, you've got to use restraint in what you do. Now, one of the biggest problems we're facing is the problem of... Of pornography and did you realize that on the internet there are 200,000 porn sites and that the money that is made from pornography in our country tops 13 billion dollars and that is more than is taken in by the NBA the National Hockey League by the NFL, and by all of Major League Baseball. You talk about a difficult situation. And men, we are facing that, and here it is Paul saying, Listen, you've got to train yourself to be godly. No one can do it for you. It's something that you, as a man of God, wanting to be like our Lord Jesus Christ, have got to take upon yourself. Over in the book of Job, chapter 31, verse 1, Job wrote these words. He said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. One of the uh, most highly decorated players in the NBA in the past was a man by the name of David Robinson. He played for the San Antonio Spurs. And David was a Christian. He uh, went to the uh, congregation where Max Licato preached in San Antonio, and you always knew when he was not there. First of all, he was seven foot tall, and you'd see him. And secondly, he always put in his contribution, and his check every Sunday was $25,000. You did notice it when he was not there in the contribution as well. But he said that, one of the things that was a temptation to him were they had the girls that uh, were the cheerleaders who would come out in scantily dressed uh, costumes and they would be uh, going through their gyrations. And he said, "This what I made up my mind as a Christian to do was that when those girls came out, he said I was going to look down and I was not going to look at them at all, lest he said I be tempted." You know, that's what Job said. He said, I made up my mind. I was not going to look at a young woman lest I get led astray and have the wrong kinds of thoughts. I want to tell you, Paul said what you need to do is to train yourself to be godly. And men, no one can do it for you. You're going to have to do it yourself and take it upon yourself to be the kind of man that God wants you to to be well let's do nextly let's talk about spiritual training for women now i'm not going to say that only men have trouble with sexual sins because women certainly do too but ladies face a big challenge too and it seems to me that one of the big challenges that our ladies face has to do with controlling the tongue you have your Bible over in James chapter 3, James gives us in verses 1 through 12 a, a little lesson here about the tongue. And he begins as he talks in verse 3 of James chapter 3. He said, you know, we put bits in the mouths of horses. Now, how bits? Do, how much does a horse weigh? A thousand pounds and more? Now, he said a, a little bit, though, which weighs only a few ounces "...can control the direction of the whole animal." And then in verse 4 he said, "...it's like a very small rudder that's on a ship." And he said, "...and that small rudder is able to control the direction that that ship is going to go." And then he said, "...likewise the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark." He said, and that is what the tongue is. And then he added, is itself set on fire by hell. And then he concluded by saying, no human can tame the tongue. The tongue offers all kinds of challenges. And it can do so much damage if it is not controlled. There are three warnings that I see in the Scriptures that seem to me to be very prominent. Number one is gossip. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 19, and the New Living Translations reads this way A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Now, I hope you realize that gossip is something that can be true, but it is something that is told about a person and usually it is something that defames them or pulls them down and gossip is that which can destroy a church it can destroy people in all walks of life and a woman who is trying to be godly needs to avoid at all costs gossip number two criticism listen if you will proverbs 11:9, the new living translation With their words, the godless destroy their friends. Ah, how criticism can destroy people. John Wesley was a uh, noted preacher for uh, back uh, a hundred years ago. And after he had preached a sermon one one Sunday, uh, a lady came up to him and she said, Mr. Wesley, the strings on your tie are too long, and that offends me. He had one of those strings ties on, and he said, well, anybody got a pair of scissors? Somebody said, yeah, and they brought him a pair of scissors. He said, here. And so she took his tie, and she cut it off way up by the collar. And he said, how's that? She said, that's fine. He said, now, I want to tell you that you've got something that offends me. Somebody got a pair of scissors? Let me have those. He said, will you please stick out your tongue? Your tongue is too long, and I want to cut it off because it offends me. Now, I want to tell you, you can gossip. You can say things that are harmful about anybody, and you can criticize them. And I tell you, it does nothing that is good. Number three in our list, I would be what I would call unwholesome talk. Unwholesome talk. Now, if you want to check this verse in your Bible, Ephesians 4, verse 29, that says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Now, I want you to know that women are not the only ones that have got problems with their tongue, and that men have that problem, too. I think of the lady that uh, was standing in front of a mirror, and she looked at herself and she said, I can't believe how I am out of shape. Man, I am, I am fat, and I've got wrinkles, and my hair's gray, and I'm just not pretty anymore. And she turned to her husband, and she said, Honey, I need some romantic talk. Looked at him and said, All right, darling, your eyesight is perfect. Now, certainly not the kind of talk that she needed to build herself up. But what we need, the Bible says, is wholesome talk that's going to be that which builds somebody up according to their needs. You see, what God has called us to be are godly people. And do you know men and women that when you see them and how they live, that you would just say, Boy, that is a godly person. That's our challenge. That's what God has called us to be. And it's a thing that we have to take on ourselves to do when Paul said, Train yourself to be godly. And as an athlete trains himself, even so a Christian has got to train themselves to be godly. He said, Now physical training is good. But he said, Spiritual training, godliness, is greatly not only in this world but in the world to come. Well, how do you go about doing it? Listen, if you will, Psalm 119, beginning in verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you you see what he says is the way you and i are going to train ourselves is by hiding the word of god in our heart and that means daily reading and studying of the scriptures and then letting what god has said to us mold our lives in the directions that we are going to go i'd like for you to say this with me if you will train yourself to be godly would you repeat that with me train yourself to be godly one more time Train yourself to be godly. And whether you're a Christian man or a Christian woman, God has called upon us to live our lives as godly people. Would you pray with me? Holy and Father, we know that there are challenges on all sides of us that are pulling us away from you. We know, Lord, that there are people who are following all kinds of ways that are opposite of what you want us to go. But God, may we live a godly life and draw others to you. This is our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Did you know that there is an adultery channel on TV? And the slogan is, Life is short, so have an affair. I hope and pray that you stay away from that side and from all others that would lead you and pull you away from the way that God wants you to go and the way that He wants you to live. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning, and maybe there's a way we could be of encouragement to you. Maybe you'd like to come and say, you know, I'd like to be a part of this church, and if that's your desire, we would welcome you into our family. Maybe you'd like to come and just confess your faith and be baptized into Christ, or there's any other way we can encourage you. Our elders will be at the back, and I'll be at the front. If we can help in any way, if you'd like to come, why don't you do it right now as we just stand and sing our song invitation together. Lead Lead me, me, Lord, Lord, I will.